Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Monday, February 19. We're back. Family day. What is this day in the States? Do you know? Because it's a President's Day or something? You think so? President's Day? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it should be family day. I was thinking about that today. Like the idea of like, I mean, they couldn't think of like anything to really honor. So like, hey, like family day. Like everybody's got one. Like take a long weekend in February. Yeah, they're, they're like low-key frequent. Like there's one in February. There's like another one in April. Like not family day, but like sprinkle them in there throughout the calendar year. So you got to get they one of them. creep up on you nicely. Yeah, they do. It's nice. This is always a decent week. It's honestly when you prep the show for three years, you know, like when the downturns in the sports calendar are. And this week is always just brutal. Like I remember a few years back, we had to talk about like esports or some gimmick. I think we talked about all the sports just because there's nothing going on this week and it's always tough like you hear people on the radio rehashing the super bowl and like guy it's been a week like nobody's trying to hear about the overtime that they didn't know the ot rule yeah like we're done with that nobody's that interested in it it's it's always a brutal week it's funny because it kind of coincides with valentine's day which is nice that the nfl's line that up because then it's like okay like you took the trip up to Edmonton. Yeah, I went went and bought flowers. Um, but I kind of I had like a panic situation when I went into the store because I'm usually like usually I'll go to like Sobeys or Safeway to get it because yeah. the flowers there are pretty like reasonably priced. But I decided I was like, hey, let me give this like local store a shot. Oh, that. And then I went in and like the lowest <laughs> price they had was like seventy dollars. Dude, it's it's tough. And and I couldn't places. back out because I had to go pick her up from like work. So I was like, I have to get the flowers now. Like I already <laughs> like I already made my decision. Like they could charge me two hundred dollars. I need to get these now. Dude, that uh, happened to me um, once too, where it's like you go in there and you're like, Oh, that looks nice and you're just you know, you're used to IGA prices, dude, and it's it's the major leagues. You're there. You're coughing up eighty-five bones, and it's like this is not a good decision. But I can't say I'll put it back. Never mind. Like unwrap it, put it back in the water. Yeah. It's all good. And you know it's heat when uh, she tells you like the flowers are really nice, but like you didn't have to get me like you could have just went to like Safeway. Like he, yeah, right. <laughs> wow, dude, that's very kind. I I often I feel like I would get that same reaction, but you know the Safeway is a tried and true flower place. Like yeah, they've kind of so. got it down. Like a twenty five dollar max limit. Oh yeah, it's good. And I'm sticking to that next time. So, so sorry to the local. Uh, like I, I'm a big shop local guy, but not on the floor. you gotta save your wallet there a little bit oh, so speaking wow. of saving your wallet i'm you, you know you save your wallet by not going out on valentine's day which is really yeah. why I'm, katie and i've done the pizzas for five years now it's yeah. it's an easy one you you save yourself from going out it's nice it's a good you, know, tradition. you don't have to tip anybody yeah exactly but i like to you know the touch is you get the heart-shaped pizza this yeah. year, the only heart-shaped pizza place I could find was Boston Pizza. And Boston Pizza, uh, one pizza, 
and like some cheese sticks, $58 with the tip. It's like, are you, and it's not even good. Like Boston really? pizza is not good. So I don't know. Don't go to Boston pizza is the long and short of that. I just wanted to make sure that was on the record. What, what I do like about Valentine's day now, and it's kind of like very much an our generation thing, because obviously no generation previous would have to deal with this, but the, semantics that people go on the posting and stuff is really fascinating there was a couple people i don't know if you noticed this a couple people did february 15th stories to say my person is so special they deserve an like their own day which is bananas the only way i'm excusing that is if you forgot you can't pull that move though i i know i I actually i think i know one person specifically that we went to junior high with. Yeah, oh, I know that that person was a culprit, but there I saw a couple of them. Yeah, I only saw her, um, her post. But I, I know what you're saying. Some people like to be extra that way, um, but I don't think that's. I don't get it. I don't get how that's special in any other way. If, I, like, it's worse. You're missing out on the big day. Yeah, like, it just it looks to me it looks lazy. Very much. It was like you kind of forgot. Now you're out here getting like half priced flowers. <laughs> like it's just not the same thing. Like, I don't know. Like you celebrate Halloween. I think we had this topic. Do you celebrate Halloween on like November 2nd? You don't or, want like, to if you do. You don't really want to. Actually, you know what else I really love about Valentine's Day? Is when you do is when you do go to the flower store, all the boys just rolling in. Like everyone's <laughs> just clueless. Like no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> and and we're all just getting ripped off like 60 70 80 dollars it's so raw it is it's, funny. it's pretty raw because when you start walking in you see like the couple guys go in and a couple guys come out holding them and it's like you almost want to daff them up like yo like, yeah like this is raw yeah. like the boys are all in unison today we're it's moving kinda, as a pack it's kind of a vibe. yeah it is it is there's aura there's aura behind yeah. that that pull up to the flower shop but yeah. man and it is those the posting stuff it gets into like the psychological or the sociological stuff i know if owen was here he's in hawaii he'd be all over this about why do you post it it, it doesn't do anything for anybody just say it to them to their face it's like sometimes you want to share a message I agree. And, and just have people know like i find it very fuzzy but th- there's people not to name names but owen who just you know they take it as a crazy move that people would post their significant other on valentine's day which you know i guess well if you're if you're saying that's crazy when like 99 percent of people do it then maybe you're the yeah that's a good one odd one out there yeah maybe and also sure you might think it's crazy but maybe your significant other might want to get on the story there so yeah and i don't want to throw her under the bus i'm sure she's she's fine with it now when we're talking about story i i think adam could uh, put a little more effort into his a hundred percent a hundred i i didn't want to you know it was valentine's day so i didn't want to get into any arguments but um and if you guys can't tell it's two-man show today yeah um but uh adams was poor um just the one photo and then and then like a half cut off in a corner i was a little confused it was that. brutal yours was way, like way better than his a hundred percent much more effort much more caring adams was poor so it, it was bad it was really 
I don't know how to describe it. It was like a joking photo of her. And maybe she liked it. Look, maybe I, I like Jill. Maybe she liked it. But yeah. to me, it's a, a joking photo of her in some sort of ice coffee. I was going to say, can and we then, get on, like, yeah, you know, like a couple photos. Yeah. Yeah. And then he cuts himself out of a selfie and just puts, like, it was one of the all-time airs. It was, uh, it was bad. It was <laughs> honestly, honestly, Owen might be third at this, out of us four when we're ranking, just posting nothing. Yeah. And Adam posting what he posted. It really, it could be. And Owen, Owen's never posted a thing in his life. I've never seen him post anything, so it wasn't really that surprising that he didn't yeah. throw anything up. So, yeah, okay, third for him is good. And Jill did a great job with Adams. Like, it was really well, good. That's what I'm saying. Like, six or I seven up, photos minimum on there. Yeah, I woke up on Valentine's Day, and I, well, you know, it's pretty raw. You go through all the stories and stuff. Um, and I look at Jill's, and hers was, like, amazing. It was, like, a great post. I'm like, well, that's what I would want if, um, out of my girlfriend, right? And then I'm like, okay, raw, let's see what Adams input and then it was just that and i was like god yeah, dude i was so you know what i mean you know, like, no tag no jill would repost that on her story and even if she wanted to there's no tag so there's she, yeah like what was so. he doing is he asleep <laughs> at the wheel no some yeah. people know how to do that better than others i think you did a great job um i i liked yours too it was you. nice it was simple nothing over the top but that's that's all i'm asking for nothing like you know, it doesn't have to be the craziest thing, but like, let's just get, let's get a tag in there maybe. And then like, <laughs> a nice photo. Yeah. Like, the awesome thing about going through the stories too, is that you find like a bunch of people, like uh, people like that you don't know were couples. Mm. You're like, Whoa, like since when were, what, like when were these guys dating? Like, I didn't know they've been dating for two, three years. And then sometimes there's even more recent ones where there's a little, you know. Yeah, I don't want to get into that, but yeah, there's a little bit of scandal behind the post. There's a little bit of scandalous stuff where some timelines might be getting crossed. And those who know, no, I don't want to go into that. But maybe at a later date, when (laughs) maybe on like the last dance of this show, we can really just air it all out, like in a Texas Tech air raid (laughs) offense, and just take you behind the scenes. But. Just know there was a scandalous post in our lives, and uh, yeah, we we don't have to dive into it too much deeper than that. But Adam up in Edmonton, ref camp. Uh, I don't know that it's ref camp. I just like the idea of it being ref camp. You know, it's just something. I always funny assume that guys. if he's not in Calgary, it's because of refing. Yeah, and I don't think it's so much like games as it is like a training thing. So ref camp is what I'm gonna call it. Um, he picked past lives. I don't want to review it without him. Uh, so we'll save that for next week. So if people are here to listen to the past lives, that's coming next week. I'll say right now that I'm going to pick us to watch Dune for next week because the reviews oh. on Dune 2 are looking insane. And I've never seen Dune. I know Alex has. But the reviews on 2 are looking so good that it might be worth revisiting on 1. So I think it's the move. Yeah, I think, you know, so a couple times it's happened to me where I'll watch a movie the first time and I didn't like it, but then I rewatch it the second time and it's awesome and the third time it's awesome um which two actually movies that happened uh, where that happened was um no country for old men watching i was like oh, i don't know then i rewatched and i was like okay holy crap this is actually amazing and goodfellas goodfellas i didn't like the first time around then i rewatched it and uh and i really enjoyed it so maybe i'll have to give dune another shot just because twitter is blowing up um with dune 2 uh reviews and i mean the fact that they're comparing it to like the dark knight yeah um and the godfather too like whoa um 
that 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 has that's a must watch. So I'm glad you picked it actually. Yeah, and it, I think you know we wanted to do the Oscars, but I think this is a better idea than the Oscars because Dune is going to be hot in the streets next week. Everybody's going to be talking about it, so I think that's the move. I did wanted maybe there was some evil sick twisted part of me that really wanted to go with madame webb and just make us go to the theaters oh. but i think honestly that's got morbius potential we're in two months that theater's empty and we can have free reign so yeah i think that's the better play yeah i uh, i agree i think that movie will stick around for a little bit um and uh and we'll be able to catch it so but um i'm with you there on on uh doom so bad so we'll pencil that in, and then I think we can have one more best picture that somebody could pick. Or they could pick something else. We've we've seen quite a bit of those, so there's no no sweat. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about basketball mostly today. Football is obviously quite quiet down, and we're in its deep off season, and it's just draft stuff and everything heading up till uh, April. So basketball, I think this is around the time when people really start to pay attention to the NBA. Um, when it sort of becomes the prime focus for people like us. And it's there's a lot of interesting subplots. I think in terms of being topical, we should at least try to start with the All-Star Weekend. Look, I don't love All-Star Weekend, never really have, but I feel like it's just scraping the floor. I did watch on Saturday. I wasn't really up too much at night, so I tuned in. I don't know how much you caught I think there needs to be some sweeping changes to the whole thing. I think the dunk contest, there's two ideas here. One, and I think we talked about this once before, I'd say you go, you need to change the format to one NBA guy, one G League guy, one like street ball guy who would be the best at dunking because that's like all they do, and then maybe one like high schooler. I think that could work. Yeah. The, the other way to do it is you put a defender out there in front of the guy. And the guy would yeah. have to be willing to get dunked on, but you could also incorporate it into like a blocking challenge where a guy can go up and try to, and you know, it could be like a G League guy or something, but you got to change the format up because it's just recycled dunks and the guys don't want to do it anymore. So you end up with Jalen Brown and Jalen well, Brown. Look, he, that was laughable. That was literally embarrassing that he made the finals with those dunks. We don't even really need to get into it, but I, those are the two ideas to me that could maybe give it some life. Yeah, I agree. I they're kind of it's it's a tough corner too because you can't just get rid of the dunk contest because that's kind of the yeah like signature event. cream of the crop when it comes to the skills challenge. Um, so I mean, I don't know which way they could pivot with that, but like you said, I think if you can get some more ambitious people, like if you're getting a street baller, he'd be super ambitious and really go and, you know, try and give it his all during the dunk contest. Or if you drop like a high school kid too, um, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it lost. It's, uh, it's lust there. Cause like, I remember 2011, like and people were comparing it kind of, they were like, Oh, Kai Senate is as like high as the, uh, Kia, uh, car when like Blake Griffin rolled Kai. it out. But God, way sicker to dunk over than kai senate dude, dude like the what about the width blake griffin's clearing yeah. the car kai yeah that's what like i'm saying tweak. i'm like he's clearing the whole car dude like i mean that was just an unreal dunk and i don't know i like the props back in the day were sick like that was just awesome when he when he had the car out there or gerald um, green blowing so, out the candle on the on the back of the yeah. room like where's the creativity man yeah yeah guys just kind of don't yeah, like I, I don't know who thought getting Kai Senate out there to 
get dunked on um, was was sick. But While sitting down. I don't know. A lot, lot of these, lot of these all star. Uh, like we were talking, even NHL a couple weeks ago was, was struggling. And uh, I will say, I think this is much better. It is organized much better than, than NHL All Star. Hundred um, percent. But uh, at the same time, I caught a little bit of the the Sunday game here. Um, and it looked like they were taking it decently serious. Like they were, they weren't just throwing up shots. Um, you know, and they were actually like trying. It looked like so. I don't know how the game is going to finish, but um like i said i think nba makes money from it right i don't think it'll ever go away but um yeah for i guess for our demographic it's not that uh, interesting yeah maybe we're just not the target audience anymore or something but like i don't even know that the kids would be loving the stuff that those guys were throwing out there it's just not really interesting to any demographic it's just kind of hokey and you know the three-point contest is another one where I think they've stumbled into something with this WNBA aspect that I think it could be very interesting because really, like, do we really want to watch Malik Beasley com- compete in the three-point contest? Is that what we want? Yeah. Get four WNBA, get four NBA, and just do it that Let way. Let them rip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. They're, like, changing it up every year, so then it's, sometimes it's hard to even keep track. But, like, skills competition was weird, too. Like, the... Like the one Wemby was in and Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Like, Scotty Barnes, why are we dribbling off our leg guy? And then he slipped and fell. And when he slipped was... and fell. And then he tried to hit a three, like, Not throwing looking. the ball backwards. Like, no look. It's just, yeah, I don't really think it's that. Like you said, I don't think it's really that fun for anyone to watch. Them just, like, fool around like that. So, I don't know, man. I, I did hear, like, um, one guy had an idea on TikTok where he was like, they should just do like a 1v1 tournament. I feel like that'd be pretty sick. Yeah, that'd just be try weird. it out. It's like 1v1 tournament. You get all the all-star guys. Um, and then it's just like a random. You just get selected and, and drafted against somebody. Um, and then you just next match. Like you just keep going until someone uh, final last man standing. Um, yeah. So I feel like that'd be kind of fun to try out instead of maybe even the whole like skills competition. That would be better, 100%. Or I know they tried this once, and I don't really think it worked, but a horse would work if you gave it, like, get the two best guys. Like, get the stuff Luca was doing was crazy at the practice or whatever the hell that was with the ones that were, like, scraping the scoreboard and falling. Yeah. Get him and get Steph and, and let them do it. Like, that's that would be p- interesting. Don't give me the Malik Beasley effect, though, where it's just randoms. Give me the two best guys and make them make it good. But. It's a bit of a weird weekend when it's, especially when it's not in like LA or something where like Indiana's just, oh, not, yeah. Like, just such an L. It's just not glamorous at all. It's just really quite poor. I thought the court was the, like, quite distracting, to be honest. Oh, so I, thought distracting. It, I thought it was, it was too much. Cool. Yeah. And I thought it would be really cool if they did it like subtly, where like, you know, like the footsteps and stuff is cool. Like if they could try do that, which they were doing with like the flames and stuff, kind of. But when we were doing the, bright green court do you see like the stuff adam silver was introducing like the ai stuff with wemby <laughs> that was so who bad. asked for that <laughs> nobody that's terrible why do i want to watch cartoon nba i, I don't <laughs> get that and there's no way it's gonna work either dude like tell me how that's gonna work it's so silly i don't i don't really see the vision behind it but yeah i've been pretty tuned out with the all-star game for the last couple of years now so yeah um you know, I'd rather like even throw in a movie at that point or something. So a hundred percent I'm with you. It, it's, it's tough. Cause you don't want to miss the ones that 
like the Levine Gordon is all time, right? Yeah. And, and you don't want to miss something like that, but it's just so, it seems like that's just once every like 20 years now at this point, it's just hard to pin down when that's going to be because even in lead up to that, there's no way to know that that's going to be that good. Right. So yeah, I, it's kind of hard. You don't want to miss the amazing stuff like, you know, Sabrina hitting 26 to 27 or whatever that was in the summer. Like if she did that again, you wouldn't want to miss it. So it's hard, yeah. but it's just really not worth the downside. So I'm with you on that. That's sort of it for the topical stuff of this week. Now, I think the NBA, the rest of the season, though, like I said, this is sort of when people start to tune in. And I think, honestly, we've got a pretty good chance at a wide open finals here. Like, I don't really know who's coming out of the West. I don't really know who's coming out of the East. Obviously, there's teams that, you know, it's a small group that could actually win. But if I said to you, what guy or team has the most at stake the rest of this season as far as, you know, the, the impact on their careers and their opportunities this season, what name or team jumps out to you? I mean, I'd probably go with the Clippers, right? I feel like the Clippers are a pretty hot name right now. Um, and then when kind of when you mentioned stake, I think that's the first team that pops into mind for me. Um, just because, uh, I mean, Kawhi signed that contract extension, right? Yeah. But Paul George didn't. And I don't, I like, I don't know if they've ever played this well before in that Paul George, uh, in that Kawhi and Paul George era. Um, so I'd say they're the team with most most at stake because there's always been excuses for them. Um, either Kawhi gets injured, or Paul George gets injured, or it was the bubble, or you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, there's always these excuses with with these guys, but now there's no excuses for them. So I mean, if they fall short again, I think there's probably gonna have to be some bigger changes there, right? Yeah. I think that's probably the right pick. Like in terms of most at stake, it would be the Clippers because I know they're going into a new stadium next year and, you know, we, we can ham up the Paul George thing, but he'll probably resign. Like it doesn't really make sense for him to go anywhere. Maybe the Sixers, but that's also a long shot with the way that things might play out for them. So, you know, you could make that case, but to me, I think it's the right answer because honestly making the finals, even for them and if they lost, I don't think you could call it like a success. I know they would, they've never been to the finals before and it's kind of a weird arbitration. Like if you were the Clippers, would you t deal or no deal guaranteed trip to the finals, but you'll lose or you can play out the rest of the season. I think most of them would say play out the rest of the season. We don't want to go that far and not come up with it because it's not going to do anything for us to do that. They're kind of the team where it's like, you yeah. know, even if the Celtics make the finals and don't win, I can see that being a positive for them after not making it last year and having still guys in their prime. But the Clippers, it feels like every opportunity where these guys are actually playing is kind of golden. And, you know, we could see what happens. And they, those guys still could get hurt, obviously. But I think this is the team specifically that needs to win more than any other. I agree. I agree. And and it'll be a really impressive run, too, if they do end up doing that. Yeah. Because the West is, and we say it every year, but this year is, I think, especially loaded. And that's why it's so wide open. Um, I mean, you have the Lakers in ninth who are four games over 500 with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, and the Kings are eighth at 31 and 23. I mean, it, 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 it'll be a heck of a run if they do get through, um, which will just add, I think, to the, you know, to, to the, to how impressive that run would be if they, if they do end up getting to the finals. No, I'm with you. I think that's the number one team for sure. I think in the East, 
you could say the Celtics to me, it's certainly the Bucks. I think the time is time is ticking. Oh, I think it's the Bucks, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, people could say what they want about Giannis's extension. That's never stopped Anthony Davis from asking for a trade. That's never stopped Kevin Durant from asking for a trade. I think that's sort of you know, you don't want to say it's just a piece of paper, but it's really with Dame at his age and how badly things have gone. I know he sort of he was being a little over dramatic when he said, I've had four coaches in six months. Like one of them was an interim for two games. Like that doesn't really count. But, you know, with the way things have gone for them, they need uh, success now. Yeah, totally. The Bucks, I think a lot at stake. I think really, obviously really poor start uh, in the Doc Rivers era there. Um, and lots of expectations. I mean, you don't fire Adrian Griffin, who was like, I don't know, maybe eight or like 10 games over 500. I think more than um, that, like 15. Or even more than that. They were like, it was an unbelievable record. It was like a top three record, I think, in the NBA. Um, and you don't fire Adrian Griffin unless you have sky-high expectations for the year. Um, obviously, I know there were some issues with how he was getting along with the players and stuff, but still. Um, and like, obviously, it's... Uh, you know, I I don't want to hear any like uh, like Giannis and 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 Dame going McDavid Drysaddle mode, where it was like, oh, we were unaware that our coach was going to get fired. Like, <laughs> he clearly played a part in that. So, and if you're going to play a part in that, I'm fine with it. But I mean, now you have to kind of back it up. Um, you do you do have a pretty prime time coach? Yeah. Dame, Dame, I think Dame's contract just keeps getting more expensive. He keeps getting older. A healthy Dame season now is. You know, it's not always guaranteed that he's going to be healthy. Like, he's last few seasons with the Blazers, he was missing lots of games. So, uh, you got to really try and cash in when you can. Yeah. And this feels for those older teams, like Giannis and Dame, I know they were joking about it today at the All Star game. Like, they were two of the oldest guys there. But it is, honestly, this is feeling like one of the last years before the Thunder start going on a run, before Anthony Edwards starts getting his. And I know those guys are in the, obviously, in the chase now, but they're less serious contenders so if you're the clippers and you're the bucks like it's it's now you, you can't really rest on all we got next year and stuff because these younger teams are coming up quick and it's like a changing of the guard man you see it with how old steph and lebron are getting and i, I think the other there's a bunch of intriguing names head into the second half of the season and you know lebron's always an intriguing name but you see the story that comes out this week about the warriors stuff and I thought it was more interesting to me what Rich Paul told Brian Windhorst about LeBron is less fascinated. He's not staying up at night. Basically what he said is LeBron isn't awake at night thinking about, I got to get my fifth ring. I got to get my sixth ring at this point. Literally not. At, yeah. the, at this point, he's just interested in being a Laker really. Yeah. And if he yeah. goes to the Warriors and I thought this was the most interesting thing is like Rich Paul says, if LeBron goes to the Warriors and he doesn't win, it looks way worse than if he just stays with the Lakers. And I think at this point, there's no guarantees anymore. So his his line in that interview was, what's the win? Like, what's the guaranteed win where we go somewhere and it doesn't exist? So you got to stay with the Lakers. And I think the Lakers and LeBron specifically are kind of the more interesting storylines for me to watch heading into the next six months because I think they, they have an outside chance, obviously, with those two guys, but... It's just funny thinking like this is how it's going to end, I think. They're they're going to be positioned to maybe get a third star, but there's teams with greater assets than them this summer. And it seems like he's comfortable just letting his career play out on the Lakers, hopefully with his son 
that seems like it's really all that's left on his checklist. And he was obviously saying this stuff today about, oh, do I want to do a Kobe or do I want a Tim Duncan it? Like, you'll do a Kobe. You're the most Yeah, like, ego- we know you will. Yeah, like, the most ego-driven person we've ever seen. So you'll be doing a Kobe. But, you know, it's just interesting because for the longest time I've been thinking, well, why would he want to play it out like this? He's obviously going to go somewhere. But it seems like his mindset's just, this is how it's going to be. I'm just going to go on here, and then when I'm – done with this i'm just done with the lakers i'm just done with the game which is fast i mean evidently right? yeah evidently given like the contract he's been signing and stuff i you know um and the extensions with the lakers and all that stuff and it's weird i mean i don't know most guys like some of these guys just go like i mean i don't know did we all did we think jordan was gonna go out the way he did just like on the wizards not really um kobe went out like on like the one of the worst Lakers teams, yeah, I've ever watched in my life, or like Robert Sacre and Marcelo Quirtus, like um, <laughs> disaster, um, like D Wade, like they just let him like run the show there in Miami that like last year. Yeah, Dirk much the same. Dirk much the same. So in a sense, I mean LeBron's no different, right? He's mm-hmm. gonna. I mean Davis is one hell of a player to still have on your team. Um, but like you said, I think he's just content letting it ride out in LA. No point in moving rat like his family lives there and everything. Um, if he can get his son on the Lakers, great. If he can't, um, I doubt he would like move. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't think he would leave the Lakers to go join, uh, the Utah jazz or the Toronto Raptors or, you know what I mean? Like, that's just crazy. So, um, yeah, I guess he's just going to go out this way. Which is tough because I thought he was super... I'm not saying he wasn't motivated to get five or six rings, but I don't know. I always kind of pictured that he would get a, a fifth or a sixth ring. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, now it's quite evident that he's just going to finish with four. Yeah, it's funny because it's... Like you said, I just it kind of just dawned on me when I was reading that story that like... I don't know what it was. I always just pictured him ending like at least really competing or you know, at least ending with five and, you know, maybe that's just not worth it at this point. Like, how is it going to look for him if he goes and he's the third guy on the Denver Nuggets and he secures a ring? Like, that's not really worth the risk at this point. And it's honestly, what does he have left? I saw Draymond said this this week, the guys with two, with nothing left to prove in the NBA are Steph and LeBron. And I a hundred percent agree. There's nothing LeBron's case is already made with the scoring record and the longevity and all that. So it's not it, it's not really that uh, shocking that he wouldn't want that, but it is just surprising that that's the way he's choosing to go out to me because I just pictured it differently, and that's sort of what intrigues me. And, you know, maybe they get Trey Young or maybe they get another guy who can be a third star and kind of help carry them and shift LeBron into sort of a complementary role on that team, but I don't really see that happening. So it's just sort of an intriguing storyline to monitor here for the rest of the season and i don't know what other names are jumping off the page to you as guys you want to track over the rest of the year and then into the off season well i'm i'm also kind of interested in the suns too and just how their season plays out like i'm interested like they've actually been playing much better basketball as of late um and uh and the whole like beal booker durant thing i think is working out a little bit better than i anticipated actually does your opinion of him change if he wins a title with Phoenix or no? I think it would, yeah. I Yeah. I think Especially it, yeah, in a loaded west, yeah. Yeah, like and he, honestly, 
you know, he's had a great season. He, he's an amazing player. There's no doubting that. But his, we've talked about this before, his perception and his career has been kind of tarnished by the way these last few years have played out, specifically the Nets stuff and how he left the Nets and how he joined the Nets and left the Warriors and et cetera, et cetera. But to me, them being so good is a, really, to me, a testament to Booker being like, okay, I'll, I'll play point guard. Like, I, I'll do that. I'll be the primary driver on this team. And I think, you know, if they win, it's going to largely be because of him. He's got the talent to be the best guy in any series. So I think, you know, Durant could prove me wrong. He's, you know, been one of the best 15 players ever. But to me, if they if they do win, it's going to be more of a Booker thing. But even so, that would still change my perception of Durant because I don't see that. I never pictured him winning again after the Nets thing didn't work out. But like, see what you're saying though. At the, at the same time, you're you're still saying that Booker would be the top dog on that team, no? Yeah. So he's still not winning a title where he's the main guy. <laughs> I mean, it, to, to be seen. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe he has an unreal playoffs. But I can totally see a picture where it's like Booker was the one that led them to the title to the title, and Durant was was the second best guy. And that's you know, that's funny too because it's like. He left the Warriors. That's kind of the death yeah. situation. It is. It's the exact same. He left the Warriors. He's like, I'm not going to get the credit I deserve. I need to go. Well, be the yeah, guy it's in the, the same Nets. thing. Where yeah. it's like Steph took a step back so that they could accommodate KD, and Booker now is taking a step back so that they can accommodate KD. But it's still, it was still always Steph's team. This is still always Booker's team. Um. And yeah, I mean, even if he wins finals MVP, though, it's still like, well, yeah, you know, like I, there's still be questions like you had Beal, you had Booker, obviously yet, you know, still TBD. We got to see how everything unravels. I mean, really, all the most interesting storylines are all the vets, man. Even Steph, I'm really interested to see how the Warriors, you know, finish out. Um yeah. And that's a good yeah. one because honestly, to me, I think that one of the more intriguing names, and not so much for this season, but maybe the off season is Clay Thompson because people can say what they want. Obviously, there was that clip of him in the locker room a few weeks ago where he was clearly not happy. He was wearing it on his face how unhappy he was with being sat for the fourth quarter. He obviously comes in the game the other day at the end of the game when he wasn't playing the last five minutes, gets checked in, does that stupid foul, and, you know, Kerr's like hamming it up on the sideline. Steph tries to dab him up. He won't even look at him. To me, I think the interesting thing with him is I think I think he's going to leave, and I think it's going to be his choice. He's going to be like, I'm, I would just rather go somewhere else. And I think that's going to be pretty interesting because if you told somebody that a year ago or two years ago, you just would have said, no way. Those guys are all going to ride it out together. But... He's clearly a different stage of a career of his career. I think he's accepted that, but yeah. seeing him play for another team, I, I, you know, honestly, I think he can be a good role player for a team that's still trying to win. And if he nabs one without them, then he sort of has a second life to his career too. Yeah, and that's big. I'm just waiting to see if Steph will ever kind of strong arm the Warriors into doing something. What do you think of the LeBron thing? Like, mm. Do you think that came from him? It's tough to say because. I don't know. I don't. I. I didn't. I don't know if. I, like. I didn't know that him and LeBron were, like, big time homies. That like that. Yeah. Like he's never really pushed the front office to do much. I think. Um, I don't think he was like, oh, we got to sign KD, um, when they did, um, and then same with LeBron. 
So I don't know where that came from. I, I, I don't know who thought that would like whose idea that was. Um, but, uh, cause I don't know. I don't know if I, obviously LeBron would be a hell of a player to play with, but I, I don't know if that actually came from Steph. Like I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I do too. Cause it's like you say, he could have, he could have strong armed him when they had the second pick and said, don't use yeah. this. Like trade it for a star gets me some help. He didn't do that. He's always been the guy trusted in the organization. And I, I do think it comes from, I think that organization's very ambitious and is always trying to do something. Like, I think they're always up to something and we've seen how good these young players are, but would it surprise you if they're like, okay, like the next superstar that's available, like here's Podzemski and here's Kaminga. Kaminga. Two guys that have helped yeah. us and are young, but we're, we're all in for Steph. Like that's the type of thing I could see them doing. Cause they, I mean, they're well, ambitious, but I don't know why they haven't really done that before. I feel like, okay, they won the title in in um, twenty twenty two, and and they had a really good solid team. But I get so I guess it's tough to say that they should have traded the second overall pick and that they should have traded Pool and that they should have you know made all these moves. But um, I feel like ever since then, which is once again two years removed, it's you know the it's tough to say. It's like oh what like they won the title two years ago. What what, what else could have they done? But I, I, I wouldn't wait another year to just let Steph like a pro, like another prime Steph Curry season go by. Yeah. Like I'd really push on on moving um moving some of the pieces they have. I'm interested to see how much Kuminga play plays and, and if they trust him. Like it's different when he's dropping like, you know, thirty five against the Blazers, and it's different when he's in a second round matchup against the Phoenix Suns or something, you know what I mean? And if he's if Steve Kerr actually trusts him out there come playoff time, if they do get that far. Um, but like you said, in terms of assets, like they have the assets. Like you said, they have Podzemski, um, they have Kaminga, they have Moody, and I think they have all their first-round picks too. Low, obviously, they don't have as many as Oklahoma or anything like that. They don't have an accumulation of first-round picks, but I'm pretty sure they own all their first-round picks. So they could totally make a move if they wanted to get Clay's salary off the books, um, and they could totally do something interesting. Just because I don't think... They have, they haven't really made a splashy move since KD. They kind of just trusted the process, and it's paid off. Like they like I said, they won the title um, two years ago. But I'm kind of ready for another splashy move. I think I think Steph could use some juice. Um, I think some of the... like I don't know. It, it looks like it's gotten a little stale. It's Draymond and, and Clay and Steph have been playing for like freaking like 15 years now. And I think it's it's okay to move on and, and try and inject something new just because I think they owe it to Steph. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think they're going to do that for him. I mean, why wouldn't they? He's given them everything they could have asked for and more. And it's, you know, it's funny because you can speak kind of in loose terms at this point in the season because you know guys are going to be available in the summer that you don't see right now. The only name we know right now that's going to be available really is Trey Young. That obviously makes no sense for them. Trey Young is a name to me that I think makes some sense for the Lakers, obviously. I think he's a name that most people are tracking now for the rest of the way because, like, look, this is a guy to me that is from Lubbock, Texas, which, to be fair, is closer to Oklahoma City than it is to San Antonio. But he grew up a Spurs fan. And you juggle. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you juggle between, look, you don't want to rush along because I, I do think 
Dallas made a huge mistake, and I said this the other day, when they traded for Porzingis because it rushed them out of the rebuild that they had with Luka where they could have surrounded him with more players his age, and now you look at it, and honestly, I like what Dallas did at the deadline, but they could flame out in the first round pretty easily. Yeah. Nobody would be surprised, and nobody would be surprised if Luka said, it's been seven years. You guys haven't put a thing around me, really. You gave me Kyrie Irving when he was damaged goods and yep. Porzingis, and that was that was it. That's all you ever got me. So it wouldn't surprise anybody if he even asked out at some point in the next two years. So you don't want to have that happen to you. But honestly, I think there's there's a natural, natural fit with with Trey Young and the Spurs. You look at what the Spurs have done with first-round picks. You, you see what Trey Young was saying this weekend, and I just think... That, that makes a lot of sense, and the Spurs can offer much more than the Lakers can. And I think in the right system, I go back to seeing him in the East. I know it was three years ago against the Sixers and stuff, but we can even cross that off and look at last year. Like When he's on his game, the Celtics, I mean, the Celtics were up 3-0 in that series. He pushed it to six pretty much by himself. I think when he's yeah. on his game, he's a, he's a top, top option in the league, and I think you put him with another guy like that and... I, I think it's a no-brainer move. I think he a smart team will pick him up. And I, I wouldn't say that usually because I don't really like his game. But if you have pieces that can help him better than what the Hawks have put around him, I, I think he could win championships as a second guy a thousand percent. And I think um, he's still a relatively young player. And I'm, I'm not saying he has to change his game up too much, but you can always make some tweaks and, and maybe change the system a little bit that he plays in. Um, Atlanta's always forced a lot of the offense through him, which is fine. But, um, I mean, you've seen other guys get traded and move to different teams um, where they maybe take a little bit of, of a smaller role or doesn't even have to be a smaller role, just just change their role in a way. Um, and, 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 they, and they end up being very successful. So I, I think Wemby is like one of the easiest players in the NBA to play with. Um, I think he'd make like Trey's life a lot easier too. Um, and I don't see why Trey would ever be opposed. Like, I, I don't see what the downside is of, of playing with Wemby, um, being coached by Pop. I, yeah, I, I, I totally would want to see Trey play for the Spurs because I think he is a, he is the second best player on a championship team. Like, I, like, he could totally, what's stopping him from doing what Jamal Murray did? last yeah. year in the playoffs nothing and Wemby's your main guy and Trey Tra Tra just does what Jamal Murray did in, in in the playoffs yeah a thousand percent and honestly I was thinking kind if of, anything he's a better player it's, too, I was gonna Jamal say Murray. like a hypercharged version of him too where it's and look this is sort of a different discussion but the NBA has become I mean every team kind of plays the same and I don't know if this is just me being a revisionist um but I always felt like like when I got into the NBA, when we got into the NBA, 2013, 12, around that range, 14, I liked how many contrasting styles there were before. Like there was different ways to play. You had the Grizzlies who were, you know, a little more grit yeah. and grind style, would put it on the block. You had the Pacers who were kind of a little bit similar to that, like a slashing team that kind of played through Paul George. The Heat were sort of just kind of physically overwhelming and driving powers. You had the Spurs that moved it around a lot and didn't really have the most strong players. Oklahoma, young, energetic, bouncy team. Exactly. Chicago, sort of athleticism built around Rose and Joakim Noah energy. And you had... I defense, mean, yeah. Yeah, and you can go on 
on and on down the list. The Knicks sort of tough, and then Carmelo would score the ball. Like there was different philosophies about how to play, and and Golden State was sort of the young team that just shot a lot of threes, and Houston was kind of similar to that, to be fair. But in the last five years, I mean, that's just completely gone. Every team plays the same. It's four guys out, one ball handler, maybe a big guy, and and that's pretty much it, you know. And Trey Young fits. If they're not going to make rule changes, you you kind of need a guy like Trey Young on a championship team who can really stretch the floor, like a guy that can really bring a defense out. And and I think his value will go up provided they don't change the rules, which I would be in favor of. You know, cut the corner three or something to make this a little bit more like that. I don't think that'll ever happen, but you know, just a tangent there. But no, yeah, I agree with you because if someone were to ask me, like, okay, give me. Um, four teams in the NBA who have contrasting different styles of basketball. I couldn't name you one. Yeah. I I really don't. I I I don't know. There's not one team where I'm like, wow, these guys play a really interesting brand of basketball. It's really all the same kind of. It's shoot a crap ton of threes and it's ISOs. I think the right word for it is uh, identities. Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot, like there's not a lot of teams who have these like identities. Um, sure, you know some teams are more clutch than others and stuff. But like you said, when you were going up against the Grizzlies, you knew even if you played a five game series with them, it felt like a nine game series. Yeah, just because they grind you down so hard, um, and you know not to recycle all the teams that you already mentioned, but like yeah, th- those were the kind like I remember like the like the Chicago Bulls. Like I said, those guys played their asses off on defense. So yeah, I, I'd say the NBA has evolved that way. But it's for the yeah, worst it'll be though. It's for the yeah. worst, a hundred percent. Yeah. That that's happened, I'd say. And you could count the teams on one hand. Like the Knicks have an identity kinda. They're tough. They don't really sure, yeah. play that differently than everybody else. It's like Jalen Brunson ISO, a little bit exactly. of Randall. Like it's not that much different, but it's at least there's an identity to that. I honestly find myself kind of drawn to the Timberwolves because again, it's kind of the same. Like, Gobert's a big guy, and Towns is just kind of a spacer at this point. But they have really good symmetry, and not a lot of teams play two centers at the same time, and that's what those guys are. And I like I like that. I like that they're different in that way, but I can't really think of another team that's that much different than anybody else. It's just kind of sad. I feel... Like, Miami's weird, just because in the in the, in the regular season, they don't do anything, but, like, come playoff time, they do. I, I, I would say they do have an identity. Um, in a sense that not only are they clutch, but they also got a little bit of Grizzlies in them too, where they're like really tough team to play. Um, and they're never out of it ever. Maybe Oklahoma's like obvious, like is clearly that like young, balancey team. Um, but yeah, it just feels different. I don't know for whatever reason, it just feels different. I don't know if it's because we've watched so much basketball now or we were younger. Wise, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe when we were younger, we we picked up on that stuff more, but I don't know. I don't think it's that though, because it's just, I, I don't know. I just wouldn't find it as interesting if I was like becoming a fan now than I did then. Like it felt like you, team, I guess maybe it has to do a little bit with like guys sticking around on certain teams and stuff, maybe, but could be. Yeah. I don't know. Like the nuggets are a little bit spurs ish. Like if any team moves the ball, it's them. Obviously it's because of probably like Jokic. like if obviously if Jokic isn't playing the ball, isn't moving around as much, but. I agree. Maybe Warriors would be up there too for teams that move the ball. But yeah, I, I don't think there's much that we didn't hit there. I would say really the championship bubble 
is limited to Nuggets, Clippers, Celtics, Bucks, and I I would still give the Heat a nudge in there, yeah. to be honest. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because they're um they're deeper. Um, <laughs> if we're being with, honest with Rogier and Hawkes, dude, like I I know those aren't the biggest names, but they're deeper. Yeah, and I, I, not to go too deep NBA hole here, but Dylan Wright, I think that guy's a baller. I think that was yeah. a stealth pickup for them. And honestly, there's not a lot of things. Like we could cheer for certain teams, whatever. A Jimmy Butler Heat title would hit yeah. so hard. That like would, I think he would retire. I'm not even joking. Yeah. He's that kind of guy. He'd win the title and just retire. That would be so good, though. If I would love to see that happen, but I think I don't think I'm missing anybody there. Those to me are the five that I think could win, and I think, you know, Adam will listen. I'll get the Monday morning text. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's yeah. got a few years to go before they're going to be in that conversation. Minnesota, it's a nice story, but I think the arrow with Ant is pointed up. They can be in that conversation maybe next year, yep. or the year after. I think the Sixers are too thin, and I don't know that he's coming back with him it would be a Nowitzki 2011 type of effort is what it's going to have to take and I don't know that he's got the resume to expect that so or the need yeah and I guess honestly the one that would be the closest cut would probably be the Knicks but I don't think that they have the top dog and I love Jalen Brunson but well I, come on he's not he's he's a fringe top 20 guy they don't what have, about Phoenix Suns too thin would you have him in there close i need to see a little more like i need to see how consistent they can actually get yeah i would put so, them if it was tiered off i would put them in like a warriors lakers type category where it's like don't okay. cross it off but unlikely. actually yeah good point just because kd and beal are super injury prone so yeah that would be like, the problem I mean, listen, there's not a lot of teams I wouldn't want to see win. The Celtics would be probably, it would probably begin and end there. Just don't, I don't want to see the Celtics win. Yeah, really, I only don't want to see the Celtics win. I'm pretty okay, I think, with everybody else winning, so. Yeah, even the Sixers, because if the Sixers won, it would be. He would be yeah, sorry, I forgot about the Sixers. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm out, Sixers. but you would you do your thing. But you hate the Sixers, so that's fine. Yeah. But it's, it, to me, it would be like a guy, it would be like a Calum thing, like, man, Doing greatness is is yeah. the greatest form of joy. Uh, that's what it would take. So that to me would yeah. be. But like like Knicks winning would be sick. You used to Little hate tits. the Knicks though. You used to hate them. I used to hate them, but I don't know. I, I I'm okay with them right now. I I don't mind. <laughs> I just love Jalen Brunson. I'm a Tibbs guy. They just changed. I I mean they changed the culture. It's not like the mellow culture. I was not a fan of the whole mellow thing. So I think that's why. Uh, but I, I mean, I like them now. I think my guy OG is playing on there too. So I don't mind the Knicks right now. Um, but, uh, the Bucks maybe winning again would be like, I'm not crazy about them winning. The only, I, I'd only like to see Doc win yeah, that's just so that he can, he can, you know, toot his own horn even more. Well, it would be so sick if Doc pulled off a championship because he'd be like, that was probably the greatest coaching season of all time. <laughs> Doc is a little bit like, NBA Mike Babcock in that he's just coasted off oh, yeah. one championship oh, for identical. 25 years. It's it's unbelievable what one championship can do for you. Whereas like Mike Budenholzer got one, they're like, get that guy's just like not 
coaching yeah, Frank material. Vogel, yeah. like, no. Yeah. Move, moving around, like, no. Whereas Doc is, your garb. Doc's, Doc's moving to the best jobs every time, failing upwards consistently. So I would love to see him nab another one. Just to, like, they might make him NBA commissioner if he nabs they another might. championship. <laughs> they might. So, like, they might change the logo to Doc Rivers, dude. <laughs> it's just that photo of him in the barber's chair from this weekend, right? Yeah. Why does he have a hairline on a bald head? It is a so wild move. But well, I would love to see it. Now that I think about it, if the Celtics were to ever win a title, I think Missoula then would be the most gassed up oh. head coach for the next 15 years. I can't tell if I want that or don't want that. Now that you I, I don't it. want that. But, no it, but it would be kind of sick because he's like 30. Keep Doc King, though. <laughs> Keep Doc King, man. Keep him. What? I want next 50 years, just Doc, 2008. <laughs> I want Doc getting up with a cane in like 10 years on, on like the Spurs. He's like coaching yeah. Wemby still. He's like, all right, like I got to carry this team to a championship now. <laughs> that would be sick. So I do, I want him to pull it off bad, but that's the only reason I would want the Bucks. I, I mean, it'd be kind of better if they didn't win, but just for that purpose. But it honestly, it sets up a great second half. And I, I really am looking forward to the NBA closing here. I think we're in for a great playoffs. As far as the NHL goes, trade deadlines coming up. You can get your Flames thoughts on the record. I know it's been a you know conflicting reports the last couple of days. For those who are interested, it seems like everybody's available. It seems like there's no limitations, and that could uh, involve some players who maybe didn't anticipate being traded that you might have you know never even crossed your mind that they would get traded, like Anderson or Kadri or whoever it might be. There's not really that many yeah. untouchables on the Flames, but it seems like guys are nobody's off limits. Yeah, so I think obviously Tanev and Hannafin are getting moved. That's pretty obvious. Um, and it looks like Markstrom's going to get moved too. Um, so, you know, um, Eric Francis, who, you know, people have mixed mixed opinions on. He is pretty in tune, though, with, with like the moves the Flames make. Um, he's never really been that outlandish um, in some of his takes. Um, I think he was even pretty early on the Goudreau stuff, like the summer before he left too. He was saying like, guys, like, just so you know, there's like a pretty good chance he could honestly just like leave the flames. Um, so, and he was confident in saying, he thinks that Markstrom could even get moved like this week. From my perspective, I'm down to move those three guys. I don't really see, I don't, it doesn't really make sense to move anybody else. I think, I, I think the Anderson stuff was pretty crazy just because if you're moving Tanev and Hannafin and you're going to move Anderson, that's like, who's going to play defense for you exactly. Um, and I really like the Anderson Uyghur pairing. I think that's a pairing that you got to keep the next like three, four years. I, I think it's a really good pairing. I wouldn't want to move any of those guys around. Um, especially when, when you're moving off Tanev and Hannafin, that's a whole, that's like your Sec, like second pairing defenseman, yeah. you know, and I, and I honestly like what Conroy's been doing. Um, we made fun of him in the off season for enjoying Stampede too much, but I mean, he's been really good for like a rookie GM, uh, first time GM. I think he's been pretty solid with above average with his trades. He's you know sets a price and someone needs to meet it, and if you don't, like I'll I'll just wait it out. Um, and uh, what I, what I did like. Uh, and what he said, I think once we traded the Lindholm, uh, he had a little interview and he said that, yeah, we're going to sell guys, but I don't want this team to think that like losing's okay. Um, and that we're just going to tank, which I think is the right move. Honestly, I, I don't think you ever actually want to strip down 
every single vet you have on the team and just let like an like uh under 23 team play in the nhl i think that's a disaster i think that's how you get teams like the sabers and the senators um so i think you need to keep a mix of the vets so i, I don't think it may, obviously like i said it doesn't make sense to move anderson obviously Kadri and like hubert's contracts are huge but you wouldn't move those guys um you know coleman's had a really good season but i wouldn't move him either like i it Sure, maybe oh, you know, sell high, but at at the same time, you're already moving like three pretty big pieces. I don't think you have to move four, five, six big pieces. You still have to keep guys that are vets, um, that are good pros around these young guys. You can't have these like young kids coming in and and taking leadership roles that early on in their careers. Um. So yeah, all in all, I'm I'm actually I I texted you this like a couple weeks ago. I'm actually very like. The season's gone actually a lot better than I anticipated. Um, in the sense that we're not like the worst team in the NHL. I still think you can like the NHL's the NHL. You can still beat any given team. I, I still think obviously losing to the Sharks was heat and we've yeah. had some bad losses, but I don't know. I still think we've been competitive in some games. Like I thought like with the Oilers we played what, like two, two, three weeks ago. I just you know, the boys were out there trying hard. I, that's all you can ask for. Um, my worst worry was that they would keep uh, Lindholm, you know, extend him, extend Tanev, extend Hannafin, and then end up tying up like $20 million for the next six, seven years. They didn't do that, which I'm thrilled about. Um, they're selling, still kind of remaining competitive, which I also appreciate. So I, I don't really think I can ask much more from them. I, I, I The season's gone much better than I anticipated, so it's good. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. It's not like... You know, I, I can't speak for you, but it, to me, it's not like they're an exciting watch or nothing. Like, you're not like, you know, penciling yeah. in the games like like I, I do with the Oilers. But at least, you know, you want... Uh, to me, where it gets tricky is it's... I know, this might be unpopular. I wouldn't trade Markstrom. I, I don't think I would. Yeah. And I think it's... You, you, as a guy who didn't have goaltending for 10 years and debatably still doesn't have goaltending... You, you don't really know what you got until it's gone. And I think that Wolf game against the Sharks is a hint of like, yeah, you turn the net over to this guy and you really, you know, he can have great age, he can have great ECHL stats. And it sounds like a layman's comment, but he looks small and I know he's small. Yeah. And he, he's he is, overcome yeah. it his whole life. He might be fantastic in the NHL. He probably will be very good. But you just never know. And you and if you have a good goalie, you can spend years looking for one. If you have one, why why are you giving it up? I know he's older. I know you're not really trying to win. Or, and you know, I know you want to give the other guy net time, but you know, give, give ease him in slow. Give him a backup. Give him a really good goalie to learn from. Like I just I wouldn't be so quick to trade Markstrom. I, I think they've done a really good job. I think the biggest mistake they could have made was Lindholm a hundred percent so they they yeah. steered out of that Hannafin that'd be a guy I'd like to keep it doesn't sound like he wants to stay so you don't really have a choice there but to me I know that's not and I know they're not going to do that because it seems like at this point they already asked him to waive or they either they did or they didn't or he at least knows that it was a very close deal to New Jersey so it seems like he's gone but I don't know I just I think that's a tricky one to navigate yeah and I think you're only making the trade if you're pre- if you're pretty blown away by by what you're getting back, right? That's got to be the, the the case. It's got to be like premier prospects and picks coming back the other way, just because he's had a tremendous season this year and he's under contract for another two more years, which is a pretty big deal. 
Um, so yeah. Um, my only thing is I, I've said before, Marsham has been pretty inconsistent with the flames. Like he hasn't been able to string like two good years together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my only worry is like, if you then don't, don't trade him, and then he has kind of a poor year next year, you know, what are you missing out on? But like I said, I, I, I trust Conroy right now. He's done a pretty good job. I, I don't have any complaints with him. So yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to see, uh, to see some of these trades go down um it's kind of fun when your team is actually like doing stuff kind of yeah doing stuff and kind of i think we're like the 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 obviously the the team that everyone's watching um during the trade deadline we're kind of the main the main guys there which is great um so it'll be fun man i I, i'm kind of hyped to see what what we can get back and what kind of prospects we can we can get back and picks and all that stuff so so where you at with on uh with the oil big uh dallas win man yeah it's hard i'm i'm now what's hard well i really want to win i just want to win one time and then i don't think i'm going to ask for anything again i think winning once is is all i expect just one time um and i think this year they have a good a chance as any now yeah where it gets harder for me and this is just something i've been thinking about in the last couple days is it's like i have so much enjoyment. I love hockey. I love I love yeah. hockey. I love watching hockey. I love the I love watching McDavid. I love watching Drysdale. I love watching Hyman and Ekholm and Kane. I love this team. And if they win, you know, I wouldn't want to live in Edmonton either, to be honest. So if they win this year, which is a you know, I'd say it's a possibility. I'm not going to put a percentage chance on it, but it's a distinct possibility that it could happen. Then these guys, I think if they win, and if, if I'm being a realist, they're going to say, we did it. It was great. It was lots of fun. Job accomplished. Mission done. And in a selfish way, it's kind of like, I don't want to go back to like the non-best player in the world teams. You know? This is just kind of something I've been feeling lately. It's just not... Because I, I think... I don't get the sense these guys are, you know, career, like Crosby types, career really? penguins. Because I, I think if they win, obviously, you know, I could be wrong. They could just want to stack them up and keep winning and keep going at it. And I think management's done a really good job at, you know, buying and giving them competitive players. And, and I think the management's been pretty steady the last five or six years. So maybe they'd want to stick with it and, and trust with what they know works. But I don't know. I just get the sense that uh, if they win, a lot more things are on the table. Whereas if they don't win, it's like I think they all want to they all want to get one with Edmonton before they try something else. I, I'm fairly confident yeah. when I say that. Interesting. So, because if you had to pick, which guy would you think would leave? Like, it has a higher chance to leave McDavid or Drysaddle. I don't think any of them are dying to leave. To be honest. But I just okay. think a lot more is on the table if if they win than it would be if they don't win. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird thing that came over me the last couple of days where I was thinking about that. Okay. But for for the rest of this year, like I I really think they just and I said this to you last year, I didn't want to lose in the playoffs and think, man, they needed another forward. And and they lost to Vegas and it was the Number one thing I thought they missed. Goaltending wasn't good, but to compete with Vegas, you need four lines 
that can play playoff style. They have a very small fourth line. I'd like to see them get a little bigger, and I would like to see them add a guy in the top six. I think what they've done with their defense is the smallest guy on the defense is six foot two, and I think that that is very by design. They've sort of fought through some trials and tribulations in net, but he's good enough to win with and maybe out of veteran backup. I would like them to do that. But you know, what's funny is Vegas won last year and what did they, they had quick Brossois, Hill and Logan Thompson. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's, I think what you kind of need if you don't have a Vasilevsky type, it's like you need three or four options where it's like, you need like a bullpen. You kind of do need a bullpen where it's yeah. like when this guy gives out, we need a new guy to come in and try to pick up the pace. So I think maybe one more, cause honestly, would you be surprised if Campbell came in in a playoff game? Because I I wouldn't be. I think that's. No, I think no, he's part of all. part of the bullpen at this point. I think he's totally part of the bullpen. And then, I mean, I could see him, like they could totally just recall him or or whatever, get him ready for the playoffs. And like you said, if he doesn't have to think about it too much, he is a, a pretty decent goalie. Um, so if you just kind of throw him in there, you don't know what you might get with him. He might get hot. And yeah, Vegas and Vegas and Colorado are probably the teams that I'd be most scared of i think colorado's a little thin too to me yeah especially like i think nichushkin's gonna come back for the playoffs um and there's this like landiscog talk um of him possibly coming back too but i don't know that knee injury sounds pretty heat so yeah. i don't know how impactful he would be um vancouver is still you know jury's still out i don't know i don't know how those guys would perform in the playoffs that's but. exactly it with vancouver like I don't know. It's just kind of different. You gotta, you gotta prove it to me. I know they won around once in the bubble and stuff, but I, I always yeah. just, I just trust the pl- past playoff performance far more than I trust some regular season. The the, the one they've had, yeah. really. and that was a totally different team too when they won. That was like three years ago. They had Markstrom in net. They had Tanev, and they had uh, Horvat. Oh, yeah. Like th- that was a much different team back then. So a hundred percent. I I think like. Jake Gensel would be a sick ad for the Oilers, but I think that would cost so much. Like, yeah, so much. He is like, he's not a depth piece. He'd probably be the third best player on the Oilers right away. He's insane. Um, so I mean, I like they said they don't want to part with Broberg, which is fair, but I mean, I'd give up Broberg for Gensel. Yeah, that's like, tougher. I think they need, they, they really need these lower salary guys. So for like next year and beyond. So I think that's where the hesitancy comes from on that. To oh me, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. To me, the names are, I think the, I think the name on forward top six would be Tarasenko. I think that'd be the one that they like. That's a guy with some cup experience and a guy who's a proven track record of scoring goals. I know he's fallen off, but you put that guy with top end talent and, and who knows what he can do. Right. So that would be the name that I think. And then that is going to cost less and you're going to be able to pick up guys for the bottom six which bottom six which is what they're going to need um because i just uh, the the fourth line they have right now is not a not a playoff line with with gagne and Derek ryan they're just too small and needs to be a little more identity based which they can put perry down there once they get to the playoffs too which will help them quite a bit that was a huge ad but no i feel pretty good to be honest i like like we said in the past it's just one of these years they're just going to crack on and do it i i really think that and in the past it was do they have enough to get there now it's you know to me it's what year are they gonna do it because they've, they've shown to me that they can they're right there with vegas i would like them to do it this year but we'll see 
It's a tricky sport. You never know. Anyway, 10. 10. I love ripping a two-man. I can't lie. Very easy. It's good. Done it a bunch of times now, so it's pretty uh, not very, not uh, intimidating. Yeah, it isn't. Not it, that it ever was. But. No, it's not a challenge. It's it's nice and nice and easy. And I, I'm sure we'll have Adam and Owen back next week. You're you're heading out, which is I'm heading out. Yeah, but Owen's coming in. Yeah, so it's on the fly sub, and then uh, yeah, it's gonna be looking good. So anyway, we'll be back week from today, twenty sixth, and yeah. Talk to you then.